This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 69. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. If you're not familiar with US-based real estate giant Keller Williams, it's probably just a matter of time. Said to be the largest real estate company in the world by number of agents, Keller Williams was founded by Texas-based agent Gary Keller in 1983. Keller Williams is highly innovative and empowers its people with systems and a unique style of brand support. In fact, if you go to the show notes for this episode, you can download a cheat sheet called The Five Critical Steps to Hiring a Top Sales Agent. And I think this is a valuable recruiting blueprint. So if you're looking to build your team, make sure you check it out. I was keen to get an inside look at how Keller Williams excels at getting results. So I tracked down Philadelphia agent, Dale Archdeacon. Dale is a marketing strategist and a lead generation specialist focusing on forging better relationships between his KW business called the Philly Living Team and former and future clients. I started out asking Dale about the Keller Williams philosophy of business as depicted in the best-selling book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, co-authored by Gary Keller, and about Dale's role with the company in Philadelphia. So in, in The Millionaire Real Estate Agent uh, book, which you know is, is hugely popular and read by people across all different brands in real estate, uh, really the, the key element of that is lead generation. It's lead, it's lead generation, it's lead nurturing and lead, uh, and, and then closing for business, right? So getting the sales. So the other parts of the book really revolve around how do you build the structure of a team and what are the steps to go from, Hey, I'm Joe solo and I just got my real estate license. How do you go from that level to the level that we're at now, which is where we have uh, an owner who stepped out of the business. We have a CEO who runs the day-to-day. We have department heads who handle every department uh, that you know really drives the function of this business. So how do you get there? Yep. And uh, that, that's a lot of what the book is about. And what we've done is my I run a department. So I run a lead generation department, and my title is director of lead generation. Okay. And within lead generation, what we've done is we've taken the inside sales agent concept, which in the first millionaire real estate agent is really just talked about as a a telemarketer. And we've really grown that to basically a a hyper-specialized sales role, uh, which is an inside sales agent. So our inside sales agents are just as skilled uh, at sales and lead conversion and conversations and objection handling and all the key factors that you need as our outside agents are. It's okay. just that they they do a different job functions. Okay. Just can can I just hold you up there just for one sec um, for my non US uh, and Canadian listeners? Tell me tell me just define the inside outside thing. Sure. So inside sales uh, they. Work from the office. They receive inbound inquiries from our lead generation websites or our direct mail pieces, uh, or from our sign, our for sale signs on our listings out on the street. Right. So they receive that those inbound inquiries and they qualify them. They uh, try to set appointments with them if they're ready now, or if they're not, they're going to nurture them over time. 
in our database. And then they are also making outbound phone calls into neighborhoods, calling around our listings, calling expired or withdrawn or canceled listings, whatever you call them, or they're calling people who are trying to sell on their own without, you know, for sale by owners without representation. So they're receiving inbound, making outbound. And what they're doing is uh, lead generating to set appointments for our outside agents who are the people that actually go on the appointment. Right. They're the ones who get, they get their hands dirty. Exactly. They're okay. the ones out showing the houses. They're the ones who meet with the buyer and 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 try to get that buyer to work with us. Uh, they're the ones who meet with the seller, get that seller to list their home for sale with us. Uh, that's the division. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that explainer. Tell me about the company that you're with. There's an owner broker, obviously. How many sales agents? How many personnel in all? Tell me about. Uh, tell me about how it works in Philadelphia. Yeah. So I'm on the global living team, uh, and we just so the rainmaker of my team. Uh, Noah just recently opened up his own brokerage. Uh, so he has his own franchise of Keller Williams. We're a, a mega team within that, that loc that office location. So I work for global living, which is the mega team. Right. And our team has roughly 30 sales agents. Uh, we have a support staff of somewhere around 12. And then we have, uh, about five expansion locations. So we're in where we, we've, replicated our model with other agents in other offices, both within our state as well as neighboring states and then in Florida and the UK. Okay. Okay. So and I'll, I'm going to post a link to that in the show notes so people can see how, how the global living model works and, and your role within it. Tell me about in the greater Philadelphia area or your office specifically, can you talk to me in terms of listings and sales in a, in a 12-month period? Say, say for the group of 30 and the support team of 12 that, uh, that you work with. Yes. So uh, we've closed a little over 700 transactions for the year, and we are uh, probably going to close out somewhere between eight and 900 for this, for this year. Uh, in terms of sales, our average sales price is a little over 300,000. Right. And uh, so, so you can do the math there. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, now, let's get into your role within the company if you're if you're responsible for lead generation that's a fair bit of responsibility i guess it is except that you know some people they assume that the lead generation department produces all of the business we don't produce all of the business that's not our model so our lead generation department supplements our agents activities Okay. So our outside agents are still, they're out there making relationships. They're out there looking for business. They're out there, you know, talking to their past clients and their sphere of influence. Uh, what we do uh, from the company, though, is that we uh, also market and lead generate in order to give them additional appointments to give them additional revenue and generate additional revenue for the company. Okay. Okay. So um, in your role of doing that and, and, let me backtrack just for a sec because you have uh, a history in real estate sales, do you not? Yeah, I do. So I was an agent for about five years before I joined this team. Okay. Okay. And we're in Philadelphia? In Philadelphia, yeah. Okay. So it turns out that myself and the rainmaker on our team, we happened to be at the same brokerage. At that time, it was Coldwell Banker. And uh, he was building a team. I was a phone-based lead generating prospect, like, you know, f- caller, yep. phone prospector. 
And I did a lot of expired and withdrawn and a lot of uh, for sale by owners and a lot of lead gener- outbound lead generation. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because I have a ton of leads, but they're really not being worked properly. Okay. Uh, and I said, well, I'm getting a little burnout out on doing this, this uh, lead generation myself, this prospecting. So I said, let's get together and, and try to build an inside sales team. You know, it, I didn't come up with the concept that already, you know, a couple of other teams were already doing it. But I said, why don't we try that model and see if we can have a dedicated team that just cultivates and nurtures uh, appointments for us. Yep. And that's what we did. Okay, cool. So let's let's get into the meat of this, Dale, for a second and kind of leverage your expertise, I guess. Um, I want to ask you the top five methods and strategies that, that you guys are using to generate leads. Sure. Uh, I would say then the first would be, and the most important, and this may seem kind of like a you know, a no brainer, but it would be our, what we call our client for life strategy for our past clients. So one of the most critical parts of any team's life is their past clients and their sphere of influence and really taking care of those people, staying in front of them, which we all know we're supposed to do, but, you know, frequently things get in the way and we don't, uh, and then we miss out on business. So the first, the top way is that we have a, a systemized uh, way of staying in front of all of our past clients um, so that we can uh, remain top of mind for them and, and drive more business back from them. Okay. Uh, second would be our we, uh, website lead generation and conversion. So we, you know, we're doing AdWords, Facebook ads to our lead capture websites uh, and doing social media posts uh, around the, in the in the areas that we're looking to drive more business from, and uh, you know the key with that is it is a, a high volume, low uh, return game, uh, but you just have to be really dialed in on how you're uh, receiving those leads and contacting them and nurturing them over time. But they do drive business. What sort of budget would you have per month in uh, social spend, for example? Um, well, I don't have social divided out from our AdWords. Um, but you know, let's say we're spending somewhere between seven and eight thousand a month okay. uh, on driving website leads. Okay, okay, using AdWords mainly and uh, Google AdWords and Facebook. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. And then Zillow and Realtor.com leads. Uh, so we are. Uh, I know you guys don't have those in in Canada, but uh, you know down here, Zillow and Real those uh, those uh, listing aggregators yep. they do produce a lot of uh, ready uh, now buyers. Okay. So we're leveraging that too. But it, it's an expensive that's an expensive channel, right? Obviously, Zillow and Realtor.com have created a real value around it, so they're they're certainly pulling a lot of the revenue out of well, it. Well, they've got something of a of a joint monopoly, I guess, in in the space. Do they not? Yes, yeah, they do. Yeah. So you, you, you've the, either got to play their way or not at all. Exactly. So you pay to play, which is okay because those people that we get turn into past clients and we just uh, continue building our database and building our referral network. Got you. Got you. Now, uh, apologies, I, I interrupted. I think we're up to number three. Number three. So, num- and the number four would be uh, we we have a lot of new construction listings. We're in a in an urban devo- environment, 
so there's a lot of new construction in, in our area. And we have a lot of new construction listings. So we represent a lot of builders. Okay. And we take the we, we create custom websites for those new uh, for those new construction developments and and then by leveraging those on social, uh, we drive a lot of inquiries in terms of pricing and details. Yep. Uh, and that, that drives a lot of uh, buyer leads for us. Okay. Which is just it, that's a, a fancy version of a sign call, really. Okay. And then direct mail for us. Okay. So again, we're in an urban area and uh, sending out letters looking for teardowns or shell properties, things that we can sell to uh, developers or rehabbers. That's another good channel for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, incidentally, I was I was thinking as well this morning, what's the market like in Philadelphia? Because there was some very poor press around um, how badly knocked around the US real estate market in general uh, was or, or, or is. Uh, for quite some time. Uh, is this a market that's come back and is is prospering at the moment? Yes, it's come back. So we we're just about back to the price levels of uh, 2007 or so, okay. or 2005. Right. So yeah, our one thing about our market locally is that we don't go up as fast and we don't go down as fast okay. as some of the other hotter areas like Florida or Arizona or California. Yeah. yeah. And so when when the market crashed, they crashed quickly. We crashed slowly, if you will. It took us a couple of years of price declines for it to finally bottom out. So things were t- then, things were tough in Philly even before two thousand eight. Uh, no, actually, things were fantastic up till about two thousand and eight, okay. and then the market started to deflate. Yep. Things really turned around, and at the the la- you know when when the financial markets were crashing, uh, that's when it started to. Pre- precipitate a, a decline here yeah. in prices and volume. Yeah, okay. So that's a sort of an eight to ten year cycle that's uh, that's coming around now. What are you? What's your feeling? What's the vibe going on? Is, is it uh, is it uh, all, all looking good for the future? You know, the funny thing is, Ray. Everybody, a, a lot of people worry about that. But when you when you, um, this might sound arrogant, but when you play at this level, when you have this kind of perspective, like we're going to be in this for a very long time. We're going to go through many cycles as we see over time. And it's really just about checking your spending, making sure that you're operating in the black and making sure that you're preparing, that you're, we're constantly looking to improve, whether in a good market or a bad market. That's it's just what we do. Yeah. So, you know, as long as we're helping our agents improve their game, improve their training, uh, and we're constantly lead generating and looking for the, the next edge and looking to add more you know, we're, we're just going to weather it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I started in the business in 2008. That's when I got my license yeah, yeah. and, uh, you, you know, I just struggled way. through it. I learned the hard yeah. way and so did my CEO and so did some, a few of the people on our team. So, you know, we're just, we're just riding the waves. Yeah, nice. Okay. Let me put you on the spot for a sec. If you had to get a listing by this time tomorrow, Dale, what would be your, your go-to method? What would you do? It's a great question. I enjoyed thinking about this one actually. Um, so, First thing I would do is look at my past clients who didn't sell the first time. Yep. So anybody I've already worked with who we were unsuccessful at getting their homes sold previously, uh, then I would go and I would do some uh, sp- social posts uh, to my sphere and basically saying, hey, we have a ton of buyers and we, we just don't have a lot of inventory. Contact us or refer a friend to see if, you're, uh, if your house would be a match for them. Okay. And then I would email all my local realtor base, like my entire database of local realtors, including every agent in my personal office. And I would offer them a referral fee for any expiring listings that they have that they think they're not going to be able to get to re-sign with them. Okay. 
Okay. Then I would go to expired and for sale by owner. Okay. And uh, you think you could get a, list, a listing by this time tomorrow if you had to do that? If I had to do it, I would do yeah, it. Okay. I would get one. And, and I think that starting that route of start with who you know, uh, start with who you kind of know and, and go to who they know and then go to strangers, I think is the best path yeah, to take. Yeah. Focus on those that, that, uh, where there's already a relationship. Exactly. Yeah, okay. What about, what advice would you have for somebody new to real estate or somebody who's, who's not getting the results that they want? They might have been in real estate for a little while. I always like asking this question and, and our guests, the top agents always have some interesting answers. What would be your advice to somebody who, who is in a hurry to, uh, to pick, is either new or in a hurry to pick up their numbers? Great question. Um, there's a little bit of difference between somebody who's brand new and somebody who's looking to pick up their numbers. I'm just going to say that off the sure. bat because somebody who's already been in the business and wants to pick up their numbers has already developed assets and their numbers are probably low because they're not leveraging those assets, right? Yep. Somebody who's brand new to the business has not developed those assets. So I would say to somebody who's new, uh, if you have a database already, if you have a large pool of people that you already know, then I would immediately start having lots of conversations with them about what it is that you do now and what information around real estate would be most helpful to them. If you're new and you don't have a database, I suggest that you identify a couple of places uh, where with a lot of people uh, with common interests to you and go there and start meeting all of them. So build a database. So really for the new person, it's about building that database. And I would also say to the new person, hopefully you've saved up some money. So you have a cushion for your living expenses, because if you can take the money stress out of it, uh, it makes this profession a lot easier to get started in. It does, because there's a lot of people try to do it on a shoestring. But I mean, maybe you could do that 20 or 30 years ago, but you can't do it now. I was one of those people. It's rough. Yeah, It's difficult, (laughs) huh? So I have this I have this advice based on experience. Uh, and then for the person who's in the business and uh, wants to pick their numbers up, um, I would say if you're already if you're already maximizing everything that you have, if you're already squeezing all of the juice out of your database and out of the people that you know and out of the current marketing that you're spending, then it's Find the top, find the other producers in your market who are doing more than you. Find out what they're doing that you're not doing. Yep. And then if you're not already squeezing all the juice out of what you have, start there. Yeah, yeah I think that's pretty good advice. I just, um, this week's, uh, this is going to air next week. Um, we're in December 20, um, goodness, what year is it? 2016, <laughs> uh, nearly 2017. So uh, we're in, in coming up to mid-December. Uh, last week's episode, episode number 68 that I recorded with my business partner, Aaron Shiner, and we got into the thick of it really uh, about prospecting. I, I think I said uh, the, the title of it is Hustle Like a Rockstar Real Estate Agent, but um, we expressed our frustration of, of you know some of the people that we work with, their inability to basically pick up the phone. Is a a lot of what a lot of what you guys do is is uh, is phone related, obviously. Yes, a lot of it is, and text and email. Yeah, yeah. But primarily, it's it's got to be the phone. It's it's one of the fastest leverage points to have a substantive conversation with a lot of people. And do you have connection like daily connection targets? Your team do they have to call or need to connect with so many people in a in a certain space of time? Yes. So we have standards that we run and that would be 40 plus contacts with a decision maker daily. Right. 
uh, per inside sales agent. Okay. Um, but I, one thing I do want to uh, say is that I tend to manage to the outcome. So our outcomes are that each ISA needs to needs to obtain a minimum of five contracts a month. Okay. And as long as they're hitting five plus contracts a month, I'm not over their shoulder about whether they made, you know, 39 contacts or 42 contacts on Wednesday. Okay. Um, and we only look back at those metrics when we're not hitting our objectives. I just wanted to give that piece out so there. So a result for your ISAs, which is inside sales agents, um, it, when, you, when you're talking about a result, it's either a listing or a sale? Uh, actually, for them, the contract first would be either a listing agreement right. uh, or a buyer-broker relationship agreement. Okay, okay. cool. Um, there's one thing I'm keen to unpack is to ha- is how you guys go about nurturing your past clients. Can you take us inside your philosophy or concept or ideas around that? What sort of strategy you, uh, you apply to, to looking after past clients? I think you called them sure. clients for life. Yeah, clients for life. And so, you know, what we're doing is once we've concluded a, a transaction with them, we're really just staying in front of them with local relevant uh, information that would be helpful for them. And it's not always, in fact, it's probably 75% of the content is not real estate related, if you will. Right. Right. So we're staying in front of them with community. We're, we're sort of becoming the community news hub, uh, something like what Gary Vaynerchuk talks about. I don't know if you've if you've heard him. Yeah, I've had him on the show, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, kind of along that the same concept. Right. So we just sort of become the the news hub or the what's happening hub for our clients and then also offering them some real estate uh, relevant uh, information. Are you talking then, more about their local, what's going on in their community? Yes. Okay. E- events, parties. We also throw parties, you know, client appreciation parties. Uh, we send them holiday cards. Uh, we are uh, letting them know about uh, local community happenings or um, events and things that people are putting on. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, can we talk about Zillow for for a sec? I know I didn't brief you on sure. this, but I'm just keen, and I'm sure many of my non-US listeners are keen to learn more about Zillow. Um, if you go to Zillow.com and you do a search for uh, property in the US, you can see a record of everything that's currently for sale, I think, plus you can see a record of everything that's actually been sold. Uh, am I right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this is this – is, uh, this is something that interests me because um, it, it seems there is so much information now in the hands of the public, and, and Zillow is not an industry uh, website. It's you know it was a private website. I don't know if it's a public company now. I think maybe it is, but I'm, I'm not sure. But my point, uh, Dale, or my question is: Do you find that this um, like intimate knowledge of of recent sales in the area? Do you find that helps with negotiation or or hurts it? For example, if a buyer is <laughs> looking to spend I don't know, you have a home for sale at, say, $385,000, and they can see that everything around it that looks reasonably uh, uh, comparable has been selling for, say, three twenty. Um, the buyer's going to look at that and go, well, why do, why do you want three eighty for a house that's only worth three twenty? Do, do, you, do you get regular issues with that? Uh, no. And, and honestly, I don't think that it's really made that much of a change okay. I think, because here, here's the way that a buyer works, right? Uh, before Zillow or before there was any information, did a buyer look at just your house and decide whether or not to buy it? Probably not. Probably not. They comparison shopped, right? right? They went to look to see what was on the market. Yep. 
so it, that hasn't changed with the addition of of more past sales information. I think the you know sometimes we have buyers who aren't haven't done a lot of comparison shopping, uh, and or even if they have done comparison shopping, they get they can get stuck on that prior sales number even though they can't obtain a home in the market right now for that past sales price, and then that just comes down to the skill of the agent educating that buyer. Um, okay. However, you know, if... And managing the a, relationship, I guess. And managing the relationship, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it has... Uh, I think it has given us some examples of people who are uh, too educated for their own good, mm-hmm. so to speak, where they, they think they're interpreting things in one way, but that's not reality. But I haven't seen it cause a major shift. Okay. Okay. Dale, what's your business growth strategy or plan for the future? Which areas are you going to be focusing on? I guess you measure results and that that helps you identify where you should be putting more resources and spending more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are continuing to focus more and more on our client for life program and uh, and really beefing that up, having more conversations on the front end when we begin uh, when we begin a relationship with a client about the fact that we uh, we look to uh, first of all make ourselves their first their their last real estate agent, uh, but also that we're invested in all of the relationships that their relationship is going to introduce us to. Okay. So we're we're priming them for the referral piece later on. Okay, and then uh, we are. Because the market probably is going to be slowing down here in the near future, um, we're really focused on bringing in uh, bringing agents in and training them through our inside sales department. Because the agents that are in our inside sales department are like super soldiers, okay. right? Yep. They focus solely on lead generation and conversion, and they are ninjas at it. So by bringing newer agents in that are going to eventually be outside agents, we're just going to train them in the same way and push them them through that that boot camp and that education and uh, help to really ingrain that that behavior uh, and those habits into our outside agents. Okay. Okay. Can I ask you, and feel free to say uh, it's confidential, <laughs> but can I ask you, sure. these, uh, these so-called ninjas, these guys who are, who are your super soldiers and, and they've been through the process, um, can you give me an approximate uh, income for those guys? What would they earn in a year? Yeah, so they earn somewhere between fifty and 70000 a year okay. between their base pay and their commission okay. income. Okay. And, uh, you know, we pay, we pay a pretty healthy base pay. Uh, and then we compensate about 5% right now, 5% on the gross commission income from a transaction they close. Okay. And what that affords us is in, in my opinion, I've seen different models where people just have a call center where they're, you know, paying, you know, 10 bucks an hour or something, some kind of low dollary, dollarly figure per hour. Yeah. And what I find is that what you end up with is a sweatshop, yeah. right? You end up with a boiler room. What I've, what we've done, we instead is we find sales professionals who have not yet developed uh, their skills entirely and are not yet earning six figures, but who have the potential to be substantial salespeople in their own right. And we bring them in, train them on how to do this in the real estate space because we bring in people without real estate experience. Okay. Uh, train them how to do it in the real estate space, and then give them either the option to go and be an outside agent or remain inside our inside sales team uh, and and continue, you know, knocking it out of the park. Okay. What about your rainmakers? Uh, what what do they earn? 
Uh, you mean our outside agents yeah. or who's, the rainmaker, uh, the team? The uh, the well, who's 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 at the top of the food chain? Yeah, so our top salesperson on our team is a little over, probably close to two hundred and fifty thousand for the year. Okay, um, all the way down to you know probably just under a hundred thousand. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. Um, one question that uh, I just thought. Um, uh, while while you are answering that, President Elect Trump uh, has got some plans for the U.S. economy. Can you see? Uh, can you predict any changes that might come about in in our our industry uh, after uh, January next year? Yeah, well, if they get rid of the uh, government backed securities, uh, you know that that might uh, shake things up a bit, right? Yep. yep. You think that might happen? <laughs> Uh, it sounds like yep. it. It sounds like it. Uh, from what I've heard, it, it sounds like that will happen. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I focus on always, always looking for the opportunity in whatever happens. Yep. So I believe there's going to be some. There's going to be some pain, um, but I, with pain also comes opportunity. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm just I'm waiting to see that door of opportunity open, regardless of what they do. Yep, yep. and uh, make make the opportunity or, or capitalize on the opportunity, whatever, whatever it may be. I guess exactly. The, the thing I the thing we can't control is change. Yeah, that's true. The thing we can control is is how we look at it and what we do with it. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, well, I totally agree. Dale, how do people get in touch with with you? Tell us, uh, uh, give, give us a give us a call to action if somebody's looking to um, to consult with your services or, or needs some help or some ideas. Uh, how do we reach out and connect with uh, Dale Archdeacon? Great. Yeah. So I, I do coach and train other teams on how to build their own inside sales departments. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we also coach inside sales agents on uh, on accountability and how to get them up in their production to 40, 50, 60 transactions in a year. Nice. Uh, so they can reach me. So my website is smartinsidesales.com. Okay. Uh, and they can, so they can find me there. I also have a private Facebook group uh, called Smart Inside Sales Agents. I'm pretty easy to find. There's not a lot of Dale Archdeacons out there. Um, but yeah, they, they can just reach out to me that way. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm going to put those details in the show notes. I want to say- a- oh, I also, I do have a, that free giveaway. I don't oh, know yeah, if yeah, you- Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. I was trying to, yeah, no. I was trying to remember whether you were the guest who had that or the, or the other other interview I have this afternoon. So I do apologize for that. Please go ahead. I forgot to mention it. So uh, I have, if you go to smartinsidesales.com, I have a quick five-step cheat sheet on how to hire awesome inside sales agents. Uh, You can just download it right there on PDF. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, I will put all of those links in the show notes so people can just check it out. Um, Thank you once again um, and uh, all the very best. Have a a great holiday season and um, I look forward to keeping in touch. You too, Ray. Thank you so much. Okay, mate. Take care. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software. For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On Discount for Life link, and Ray's blog, head over to topagentsplaybook.com.